Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My eyes tell me what I need to know. <laughs> if I'm on a court and I see that you trash... Back in the day, we used to call, we used to use this word, and it was very insulting to a basketball player. But they knew what it meant. You decent. <laughs> when you heard that, that was like somebody calling you rubbish. Right? Yeah, you decent. That's offensive. Dak Prescott is decent as a quarterback. Yo, bad. That shit crazy. On a Saturday, it's all even with your boy Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on Megaphone as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. I'm all over the place, man. And trust me, go to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like, share, and comment because the page is growing. Mr. Bank, oh, you had two weeks in a row. Listen, you you replaced Claw this week. You gonna have to say something to him, man. I, I I don't know. I don't know. Like you know, you know, you already know his PTO time is 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 dwindling. You know what I mean? He's not gonna get no Christmas bonus this this year. Like it's 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 it's, it's looking looking bad for him. You know what I mean? But I appreciate you for for coming through. Jimmy, the super intern, is not here. He's still licking his wounds from the assault that I gave him a few weeks ago. Uh, Shouts to Jimmy. Uh, Nicole on the ones and twos, the silent assassin is what I call her. What's on? What's going on? Yeah, she's a she's a lady of few words. <laughs> and we got my man, Mr. Clement, Mr. Serge Clement in the building, assistant coach yeah. for the Hofstra men's basketball team. Yes, sir. What's going on, man? Good, brother, man. Appreciate you having yeah, me. Yeah, long time no see, man. The last time I saw you, you know, we was in a nice studio in Brooklyn. You know, shouts yeah. to my man. Shouts, shouts to Move Media out there. Uh, you know, we were talking when you had just got hired yeah yeah you didn't embark on the journey yet and now you two years in yeah so you know we we, we definitely going to talk about that i'm gonna make fun of you a little bit thank you uh <laughs> you know i mean lots to get into uh we have thursday night football to discuss and i like to, i have to climb on those jets because that's just what i do um <laughs> you know what there's a lot of things to talk about with them zach wilson is looking bad out here and and man it, you know the jets got decisions to make they got decisions to make. Dallas Cowboys, they blow it again, of course. I know you happy, Mr. Bank, about that. Um, you know, we're going to talk about uh, the NFL. They have a new deal with YouTube. 
for the NFL ticket. So you're going to be able to stream the NFL ticket on YouTube now, which is a great thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, shouts to the NFL okay. for doing that. Um, Carlos Correa signs a big deal with the Mets in a shocker. We're going to talk about that, obviously. Um, the Phoenix Suns are sold. Yeah. They're sold, finally. right? I, I got some stuff to say about that, too, because... I don't really like the way the NBA does things, but I'm not going to divulge too deep right now. Um, DeRozan and Levine, I don't know if you guys heard that. They're they not really clicking on the court, and I got some, some insider news on that one. Um, and, of course, AD goes down again. Um, they were talking about you know, his, uh, his timetable in regards to when he's going to return. So there's an update with that. Um, my bookie pick of the week. Got to talk about that. Hmm. And um, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy, yeah. So before we get into that, I, I, <laughs> I love to talk about other topics. First off, I hate Christmas. I don't know if you guys know that. I, I'm not a Christmas person. So, you know, we are on the eve of Christmas and I can't stand it. I hate going outside when the Christmas rush is on because everybody's trying to go get those late gifts for their significant other when they forgot to get it and they promised certain things and now they got to be out there banging around and bad driving and messing me up because I went to the store today just to just to get some coffee for the house so I parked and I get out of my car I got a sports car so it ain't that big so I get out and I see this big-ass Ford F-150 trying to park next to me. So you got to remember, it's Christmas time. I'm on edge. I'm always on edge when it comes to holiday time, right? So because I am, there's times where I'm a maniac. I, I will admit it. I sat there in the back of my car, and I looked at the guy. And I said, there's no fucking way that you're going to park next to me. So I'm directing him. I said, you need to park somewhere else. And he's looking at me like there's a spot. I'm like, you're not parking here. (laughs) Because if you do and you come close to my car, we're going to have a different conversation. This is what Christmas does to me, Bank. Okay? I I don't like it. You know, Thanksgiving, I'm good. I'm a happy, jovial person. But when it comes to Christmas, just don't bother me. Don't send me out to do nothing. Just leave me alone. Leave me alone. You know what I'm saying, sir? Do you like Christmas? Uh, I'm for not. I wouldn't say forced, but now it's uh, now having a daughter. Yeah, and uh, trying to you know instill some traditions. Right. Um, I'm kind of Santa. Have you dressed up as Santa yet? Uh, man, I've done a few things that <laughs> I, I never thought I'd do in my life. Uh, it's but, a good thing that my my son cares nothing about Christmas, so I can be able to just not even. Do anything. You know, it's, it's my girlfriend that says, you know, we have to do something for the boy. We have to. I'm like, ah, he won't remember. It's fine. <laughs> he won't care. He won't yeah. care. Well, we should do it. I mean, I, I actually, you know, now I'm getting accustomed to doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm, I think as I get older and he gets older, I'll be a little bit more calm when it comes to Christmas. <laughs> but I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I, I just, I'm not a fan of Christmas. Now, we were talking off camera, and I'm shocked. Who, who got the verdict? Who said that Tory Lanez got convicted? That was you, Bank? Yeah. How much? 
What? How much he got? Well, we don't know yet. We don't, we don't know yet, right? So when's the sentencing date? January 20th. Dad, yo. So he got sitting there for a month and then still get life. I just, we, we can we speak about this? Yeah, I, I'm yeah, sure they can probably, probably bond him out. Yeah, yeah, he probably, he probably won't. Uh, yeah. Y'all think he gonna get jail time? I think he'll do something. I think something's going to get worked out with this. Oh, this man. But they got no deal. evidence, fam. I like, how are you going to convict somebody you don't know who the shooter is? That's crazy. Yeah. It says the council, all three counts. He got convicted of all three. That's said That's wild. 23 years. But I don't think he'll do 23 years. No way. no way. No way. No way. He'll get seven to ten. Yeah, I just, listen, there was a few days... Like it was like day five of the trial. Megan was looking crazy. People were making fun of her. It was memes out. She was looking crazy, and that something something happened. A deal got done somewhere. Favor got favored. Favor for. Favor oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We we already know how that works, man. The money machine. The money machine is behind her. They're not gonna let a superstar like that look crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember they tried to come after OJ, but OJ was already retired. If OJ was still the juice man. They wasn't going to touch him. They wasn't going to touch him. Yeah. So we were shocked when he got off and he wasn't the juice man no more. You know what I'm saying? Because normally when you done, they, they, they come after you. Yeah. So, yeah. listen, man, I, I hope that I hope that Tory Lanez doesn't really see much time, man, because I just I just think the whole situation is just unfortunate. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I think for him and her, they just never should have been together. You know what I mean? It was it should have never been a thing. He should have never been double dipping with the assistant, the friend and her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then the whole uh was it uh Kylie Jenner? Was it Kylie? You know, he she he got involved with her and it's just like, yo, what type he he has some serious juice though. I ain't gonna hold you. What? <laughs> you when you young like that and you just feeling yourself. Like he was, that's what happened. He was feeling himself, and now that karma hit him. It's messed up. So you know he yep. he may have to learn the hard way, but I'm hoping that it don't come to that. You know what I'm saying? Because right. it's that, that's unfortunate. Right. That's definitely unfortunate. For sure. For sure, man. Definitely unfortunate. Um, but let's get into some good conversations. <laughs> Mr. Clement, you are the assistant coach of the men's basketball, the Hofstra Pride. How do you feel two years in? Um, you know, you're, you're doing a great job. Shouts to you. Shouts to Speedy. Uh, shouts to, you know, the rest of the staff. Yeah. You know, are, 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 you, are you settled in yet? Do you have a routine? You know, how is it? Uh, things are pretty good, man. Um, it's good when you're winning. Facts. Um, it's always good when you're winning and being able to have a high caliber of talent, um, players that want to play for a NBA play, uh, NBA coach or right. a former NBA player who's now a coach. Um, I just think that, uh, you know, our talent and the group of guys that we have and the culture that we've built in terms of, uh, um, you know, um, a pedigree of winning and uh, historically this program has always been good. Right. But now you, ha you just have an NBA uh, pedigree now, which so matters. I, I think that matters a yeah. lot. But things have been good. No, uh, no complaints. Uh, just just want to get these guys better and get through the academic rigors. And and now now we're at the stage now where 
it's just basketball. Right. Because the guys went, um, the normal student body went home, and now we're just focusing on basketball. Definitely. You guys are seven and six. You know, you just wrapped up non-conference, so, you know, conference play is about to start. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you, you were, we were talking off, off camera, and you guys really put together a really challenging, tough schedule. Now, is that by design that you wanted to push these kids and see how far they can actually go? Uh, it, it, what is the strategy in regards to setting a non-conference? Is it does it depend on the personnel that you have? Like, if you know that you don't have the dogs, do you still want to schedule tough just to see what type of experience they can gain, or would it be too much? If because if they do struggle, and then it's kind of like a snowball effect, right? So, like, you know, how how is it to balance that out? Well, you know, in a perfect world. We'd love it to be just about, right, scheduling um, just solid teams where you can get wins yeah. and, and, you know, 50-50 games, quote-unquote. Right. But unfortunately, when you're, uh, you know, when basketball is your premier sport and you have other obligations in terms of, um, you know, helping other sports out. So what I mean by that is, you know, sometimes you have to play um, money games or where you have to schedule up where you have to play like a St. Mary's in California who's been historically good every year. Um, Purdue was ranked mm-hmm. number one in the country or number two in the country right now. Uh, teams such as uh, Atlantic 10 teams who are a higher level than uh, the CAA, quote-unquote. So you got to play those teams, and, and they provide some money to the institution. And, and balance, yes, you're playing great competition, but and you're not supposed to win. Right. But – we win those games (laughs) so it looks good on paper for us and also in return we're also helping out the institution and 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 our program by um bringing in some ends bringing in some finance you know finance because we rely on some of those uh those checks that the institution is providing for us to uh you know fund certain things in our program absolutely and and other programs and at the Hofstra university uh campus even the, the campus itself right you know we um you know, some of that uh, funds are allocated to other areas in the, in the institution. So it's just helping, man. And uh, we figured that basketball, being that it's the premier sport, that uh, um, we can we can help others. Yeah, no, nah, definitely, man. That that's that's big in regards to getting that those those funds to be allocated throughout the the uh, the institution. So yeah. you know, shouts to y'all that to be able to survive non conference and survive. you know your 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 you're looking at towards conference play, and I, I think I think you guys are going to do very well in conference play. You know, obviously it's it's conference play is always going to be tough, no matter what the competition is, because yeah, you know indeed. you know these teams and yeah. you know you know these coaches. So it's it's the games are always intense. The games are always pretty pretty neck and neck. You know what I mean? Yeah, so sure. you know we'll definitely see. I'm, a, I'm a, I gotta come down there and make some noise. Man, I've been you know? I've been waiting. For, I've, <laughs> I've, been wait, I've been waiting. I've been waiting. Come <laughs> down, man. Speedy gonna tell you like, listen, <laughs> man, that that dude right there, you gonna you have to tell him to calm down. Yeah. Like, he he's just a little too loud. Yeah, you know I think I, mean? I think he's got other guys, other <laughs> other people that are pretty loud in the back too. So now that's what's up, man. That's what's up. But let's kind of dial it back because I always like to go into the past a little bit to know where you are, right? So, you know, we went to high school together. You know, we went to St. John's Prep. St. John's. Eons ago. And we, we, I ain't going to date my age <laughs> at this point. You know what I'm saying? 
But um, uh, but you man. know you were you were a promising young prospect back then yeah. with ambitions of hooping and For you sure. know did you always have an idea that you would be a head coach? Like sometimes, obviously, when you're playing, you're not thinking about that side of the game, right? right. But you are a point guard, and point guards always are coaches on the floor by nature. So you see the game differently. And there's always a seamless transition for point guards to be head coaches because they understand the game a different way. So at what point did you realize that journey of playing was over and I have to transition into coaching? Yeah, it was a long, you know, we've talked about this before. It it was one of those things that uh, manifested on its own. I never thought about actually coaching right wanting to be a coach because you know i'm so stuck into myself mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's the one thing with coaching you can't be it's not about you uh, it's really about the student athletes and and making sure that when their parents send them to you to coach them it's not just basketball it's it's life it's everyday things or it's just as simple as learning how to cut the edge off of, off of a check right. or knowing to sign the back of a check etc um, the, I say that because that's one of the memories that sticks with me with one of these young men that I coached years ago. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, just I never thought that I would be a coach. Um, it just so happens I <laughs> graduated college <laughs> and, uh, and, and I thought about, you know, what my next phase in life yep. would be and, and coach, coaching seemed like a seamless transition. So that's when I took, uh, I took heed and um, I stepped into that role and, but uh, it's still uh, one of those things that I never thought that I'd be doing. Right. Um, and now as I've gotten older and um, and I'm in the profession now and I'm ingrained, so I, now I know it's it's all about helping these young student athletes, these young men, you know, turn these young boys into men right. ultimately. And But I never thought I'd be a coach, to be honest with yeah. you. That's not something that I thought about and woke up in the morning and said, ah, I'm going to go coach right. these kids or but uh, but I think I'm, I think very few have that mindset, right? Like, you know, yeah. sometimes, most of the time, when you hear kids that they have a knack for coaching early on, is because their parent was a coach yeah. at some level, right? So they had that knowledge and that that information, and they saw it firsthand. So that's what they gravitate to. It's like a child that sees their father yeah. or mother playing sports. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. naturally gravitate to that sport, and right. then they grow up with that. So, you know, coaching, for me, like I, I I probably know maybe one person that actually always had a passion for coaching right. from jump. You know what I'm saying? So it's definitely one of those things where you – you kind of adapt over time. Yeah. And um, and obviously at this point now, you can't see yourself not being a coach. You know what I'm saying? That, that's how crazy it is. You know yeah. I mean? You know what, man? I, sometimes sometimes I dance in between like, you know, uh, a coach or, or working in the NBA. Yeah. Something, not coaching anyway, but right. like being in front office in the NBA right. and, and then coaching in college. And sometimes I dance in between. But ultimately – you know, I, I I like to teach. Yeah. So that's what the, the teaching part is. What makes it fun to me? Like you teaching, and then you get to see these young men grow. Yeah. Like I, I don't mind repeating something. Right. You know, and I, I feel as if once once you repeat it, and and they don't adhere to the message right away, 
it's up to us as coaches to be creative enough how to, to deliver the message. how to deliver and convey right. that message to them right. and i think that's the best part of coaching yeah to me because uh, yeah. if you tell the kid and they just get it right away you get the instant gratification yeah but for me it's always been about the challenge in coaching and and taking that next step because you don't grow unless you're challenged that's facts i like that now are you one of those coaches sirs that you are you on the court like Mike Brown and you super active? You got to hustle back. <laughs> you, you, over here, you over here acting it out like are you one of those or are you just mad cool on the sideline? Like, listen, you, you got to. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> man, I, I, I'm pretty chill. Okay. I'm pretty chill. I have days where I'm like more geeked up than yeah. others, but I'm pretty chill. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like. You always want to try to stay as even keel as possible. Right. Even if you get geeked up, you get excited, it, it comes from a positive framework right. for me. Like You have to show these kids that you're not rattled, that you're happy. I wouldn't say happy, but you're like, you're involved, you're engaged. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, because what happens with these young men, they are, I hate to say it, but most of the time, they're pretty moody. Yeah. I We get moody kids. And because they're going through stuff, right? Every day, everybody goes through. Everybody goes through. You don't know what their home life is like. You don't know how they're dealing with one class. You don't know how they're dealing with the second class. You don't know how uh, how they react to certain things in practice that it's bothering them five days later. Right. You know things in the past in their past, and you know, and then also the pressure. Yes. The pressure of being successful. Being a student athlete. Being a student athlete. Being. seeing social media and how it's drive it's driving it's the driving force right now to yeah. to what uh, um success what the, what kids define as success today right and so you don't know what they're going through so as coaches we have to try to be as positive and we have to try to be as even kill every day regardless of what we're going through in our own personal lives yeah no nah, definitely man that's it's a it's a struggle every day for those kids i'm sure it's a struggle for you guys to make sure that you're connecting with them, making sure that, you know, the message is not getting lost because it's very easy for your message to get lost because yeah. a lot of times, you know, kids will tune you out. And especially yeah. no matter if they're going through something, if they're struggling, if they don't agree, if they're getting enough playing time, like, is that something that's also a challenge too? Is it like trying to, get through to certain kids and coaching them a certain way than you coach others because of, you know, everybody can't play, obviously. Right. You know what I mean? And everybody came there with the opportunity to play. Is that, like, one of the toughest conversations you have to have with a kid? Like, knowing that he's not going to be in the rotation. Right. But to stay focused. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it's that can be challenging on in every aspect. Right. You know, and but... As assistants, our job is to continue to reinforce program philosophies. And as a head coach, you can't – You, it's impossible for you to have a grip on every single every single minute detail that every kid's going through. So as a, as a head coach, it's, pro, it's best that you have great assistants or good assistants that can bridge the gap for you. And as, a, as the head coach, you are the CEO, so therefore – you know, in certain instances as a CEO, you can delve into specific things, but you can't make those specific things your focus every day or else you're you're losing in other areas. Right. So that's where you have assistant coaches that can help bridge the gaps in many areas and 
and playing time and personalities and and you know but to be a great head coach you have to have a pulse on what's going on in every aspect and I think uh, Speed does a good job as far as keeping a pulse of what's happening in every aspect. Yeah. And he has a grip on all the assistant coaches to which he can get uh, feedback and, and information. From. That's that's what's up, man. And and listen, you guys, your guys' job, like you said, is very, very important. Like a lot of people who don't really understand how sports works, you know, you, you can have a great coach, but those assistants are mm-hmm. the ones that are keeping things together you know what i mean keeping the personalities from not busting out and that frustration gets to a boiling point Mm -hmm. you guys are the ones that are the calming force to be able to make sure that the ship is still steering the right way man so you know i mean it's a i i always am very fascinated with the the psychological part of it the psychology between player and coach and how to be able to maximize a player's ability by just the words that you speak. Yeah. You know what I mean? By mm-hmm. just how you approach that said player. It's amazing what yeah. what positive reinforcement can do for certain kids. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like some kids need a kick in the ass. They need to be talked to a little bit sterner. You know what I mean? While yeah. other kids, you can't approach them like that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You got to approach them a different angle. You know, I, I remember when I was playing, I was one of those kids where you can say whatever you wanted to be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's how I responded. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. You could t- call me anything in the world. Like, All right, coach, I got you. Because I, I understood what it meant. It wasn't personal. Right. But, you know, I think this generation of kid, they're so different. They're so different in a lot of ways is that how we were spoken to can't really do that man you know you really have to approach them differently because of how how they see the game and how they were taught the game and you know how they were spoken to so you know those things are Mm -hmm. it's it's really touch and go man so you know my you know shouts out to you and 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 all the other assistants and speed it's yeah it's, it's dope it's um it's challenging yeah but you know the one thing that we try to do as a staff is I like to call it facts over feelings. So a lot of the times when kids are not doing these student athletes are not doing what they're supposed to do, it's usually seen on the film. So and in numbers. So a lot of it is numbers, film, and then obviously uh, a feel. So and a lot of the times when you put those things together and and you put the culmination together, then those become factual. So right. then you got to separate that from your feelings so yeah yeah. so it's usually facts over your feelings and that's where these guys need to develop that and understand it because they all want to be they all quote unquote want to be pros but the uh professional game is 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 a lot more volatile than college absolutely and a lot more cutthroat they'll smile in your face and cut you the next five minutes later so they need to understand that we're actually doing them a favor we're actually sheltering them for the most part but you know, but what we try to do is be factual more than anything and, and, and not put so much feelings into it so much. Just let them know, boom. And then if we need to massage them in terms of their in terms of their feelings, but we're coming from a place of love. Yeah. So. Nah, that's respect, man. Coming up after the break, I want to ask you about how the NIL situation is working out and what your thoughts are on that two years 
two years removed now. We spoke about it last time. Yeah. After the break. Yo, it's your man DJ G Money for that Flip the Script podcast. Yeah, 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 we in the studio right now. Flip shut up. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 listen. Shout out to the Old Even podcast. My oh, man Barry oh, Grant Jr. Whoa, whoa, What's up, man? What happened? What you what you, you want to say to the people? Shout out somebody else's podcast. Yeah, my man gets to join. What's up? Old Even. Old Even podcast. Yo, it ain't even up here, boy. <laughs> we put this girl something. Old Even. Yo, you. Oh my God. What's up with you, man? Now you go. Well, that's a shout. You keeping this? Yeah, keep all that. <laughs> you want your all even podcast, right? Yeah, all even. That's your man? My man. All right, shout out to all even podcast. He cool? Is he cool? Let me see. Is he cool? Yeah. Oh, 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 ask you about the NIL dynamic you know you're two years in now remember we had our discussion before you know the the NIL law had just got passed so you know how is it navigating now when like you're seeing the dynamic between you know how it was when you were assistants other places and now this is a new landscape of how you're actually you know recruiting players and seeing how that you know, the whole landscape pretty much changed. Yeah, I mean, it's... It, NIL becomes about haves and have-nots. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, if 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 winning is at the forefront of your uh, program, then you have to have some type of um, NIL package of some sort because I, I don't think... This is just, uh, just me being subjective. Uh, I don't think you can win big without some type of form of NIL right. at a prominent mid-major. I think it's extremely difficult. Um, why? Because to get the caliber of players you need, you need a, a tier of player of higher. So, like, everybody, you know, in order to win in the Big 12, you need NBA players. Right. In, order to, in order to win in, a, um, in the Big East, you need SEC players, et cetera. And in order to win in a CA, you would want Atlantic 10 or a high major player. So, I think you need some uh, the caliber of players. Uh, it, it it differs, but if you have something to um, to court them or something to entertain them, and I think the NIL contingent upon your NIL package or what you're providing, I think that helps you deliver the uh, the caliber of players that you need to uh, win big at the mid major, prominent mid major level. Now, being at a mid major yourself. Do you feel that recruiting has to be a little bit more strategic in regards to the type of kids that you go after now? Yes, indeed, indeed. It's recru- recruiting is always strategic. Yeah. Um, but when you look at the transfer portal, you know, kids are going into the transfer portal, but it's not all glitz and glamour they're transferring problems as well right so, exactly uh, I think you really have to do your due diligence as it relates to the character why they're leaving um, where the char- character in terms of who they are as people um, how would they fit your culture um, and a lot of that stuff it has to be done relatively quick because now it it's it's like a, a crab it's like you're just grabbing the best thing like if it's 
you're bidding on kids, basically. That's what yeah. you're doing yeah. in the portal. Like, okay, he's coming on this visit. All right, I'm going to try to get him the next day. I want to try to get him the next day. All right, he, he needs to commit here. If he doesn't commit, I got this kid coming up the next day. It's like, it's picking, it's picking, it's picking. And you can pick the wrong batch. Right. And that's where you have to be cognizant of what kind of kid you're getting and, and who can help your program. Because not all transfers are... Are are what built the same. Built yeah. the same. Yeah. You could have a kid that averaged two point five points, but if you did your due diligence and watched his minutes, if he averages three and a half, four points, but plays twenty five minutes a game, you got to see how he, um, you know how he interacts, how he yep. uh, how he helps the team. You got to watch him. You got to be real uh, strategic on how he can fit that piece or that puzzle. See if those 24, 25 minutes were productive minutes, although he might not be scoring, how are you affecting the game defensively or you great help defender, certain things like that. So, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. Mm -hmm. But now with the the, the society that we're in is everyone is looking at numbers and and how, oh, he only had this or he only had that. So that's where a lot of things could get lost in translation for a lot of um, programs, but uh, not with us. Definitely. We do. Uh, our, all assistant coaches, including the head coach, we're real diligent and making sure that despite the numbers from elsewhere, that they're productive to some shape or form because you can't all be stars. No, no. We gotta, all got to play a role, man. We all got to play a role. Mm-hmm. And that's where um, a lot of programs um, or other programs, I would say a lot of other programs might fall short. So. Thanks. No, I, I agree with that. You know, we all definitely got to play a role. Like Bank, Bank is my bodyguard. So I can be able to go out there and talk crazy yeah, when I want to. to like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I could be able to just go out there and just say whatever I want and then look behind me. And, yeah. you know, there's a six five guy behind you. So what, mm-hmm. That matters. Yeah, what you know now? What, I'm saying? what you now? Know? Nicole, silent assassin, you know, she yeah. she's she's a knee breaker. <laughs> you know, so I could be able to, to say a whole bunch of stuff and I know that I got the knee breaker behind me. So knee you know, see, I, 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 I can be myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't have to. I don't have to do anything. We we all play a role. You yeah, know what I'm saying? For sure. And my for team sure. plays their role. I love them. For sure. No, but but for but for real though, it's definitely it's definitely for y'all. I want to say this that for mid majors, for low majors, it you guys have always had to do more to be competitive, right? Yeah. And I think personally that the NIL. It just tips the scales way in another direction. Like it was already a challenge to be able to compete with these high majors. Now it's it's pretty much impossible, right? To see a kid that's a five star, top fifty, and you know, if you have the recruiting chops at a low major or a mid major to be able to convince a kid to even take a visit at your school, you know now that the landscape has changed so much yeah. that there's no shot that you're going to have it unless there's a bag waiting for them. And it's unfortunate, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because I think what makes college basketball beautiful is that a kid can take a flyer on a school, like a low major school or whatever, and build that program up. We're not seeing any program building anymore. It's more of just maintaining by the great assistant coaches, by the great head coaches and the recruiting strategies and the people that are there busting their ass every day. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough for me to see. Um, but 
you know, you guys are doing a great job and you just got to keep pushing. You know what I mean? Like, no matter what the landscape is, you got to adjust and adapt and, you know, yeah. get the kids that you can get and coach them up. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, we're, we're doing a solid job. But, you know, if anyone that doesn't believe that NIL um, could change a landscape of a team, it can. Yeah. In both regards. Right. In positive or negative, depending on how uh, – how do you vet the guys that you're bringing in? Correct. Vetting, yeah. vetting matters. Vetting matters because I don't want no, no crazy dudes coming into my campus. If I was a coach, I'd be like Bobby Knight. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> you're a bum. <laughs> you're a bum. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, shouts to Bobby Knight. Yo, Bobby Knight was crazy. Yeah. He was crazy, man. Did you see that documentary, babe? It's on. It's on. Uh, which one? Which one? The, the ESPN Plus, they, they got a 30 for 30. Um, it's called, called something night. They, they, they had a nice, clever name about it. But, yo, they went into, you know, his coaching career. And remember when he had the issues at Indiana mm -hmm. and Texas Tech with the kids? You know, he was roughing the kids up, and they, they went into detail about that. It was crazy, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was, it was really good, but it was really crazy about how much power he wielded that he was able to get away mm. with that level of abuse. You know what I'm saying? Really? Because he was Bobby Knight. That that Joe Schmo couldn't do that. You know what I'm saying? It was the fact that he had that resume that nobody was going to challenge him. He was the, they said that in the documentary that he was the, he was the most important man in Indiana. The most wow. mayor, then Senator didn't matter. Wow. It was Bobby Knight. <laughs> Bobby Knight ran that place. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's just the rise and fall, but you know, he's still a legend, don't matter. You know what I mean? He 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 uh motivated and helped a lot of kids, but it's just, you know, his style was just was just radical. You know, yeah, what what right. if I start throwing chairs in the podcast? I, I, You'd be under the cell. Would, would I be would I be considered crazy or am I trying to motivate my team to be better, okay? Yeah. I can do that. You know, throw this chair in the coat. Come on. Let's do this. <laughs> Listen, I could throw a chair at Claw. I, when he comes back, I might just do that. You know what I mean? For missing for missing this pod. You know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, uh, let's get into, let's get into some, some sports talk here. Yes. Yeah. Surge. Yeah, Thursday night football. Um, we had the Jets and the Jaguars playing a horrible game. Uh, Jaguars win was a 16-3 or nine, no, 19-3, excuse me. It was 19-3. Um, Trevor Lawrence plays a good game. The Jets defense plays good. You know, they, they did the best they could. They actually got a strip sack early in the game, gave the Jets good field position. But what, what is the common denominator that they've had all season? of why they've been struggling. It's quarterback. Whether it was Joe Flacco, you know, started the season because Zach Wilson was a little banged up. He wasn't bad, but, you know, he's an old veteran that, you know, his best days are behind him. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike White, third-string quarterback, he was drafted and bounced around a lot, got cut a lot of times and still ended up, you know, being, being with the Jets. And we're talking about, Zach Wilson, number two quarterback, got drafted in the same draft with 
Trevor Lawrence, and the kid's been struggling, to say the least. But I'm going to just go out and say this right now. I'm just going to say this right now. He might be the worst quarterback I've ever seen. I'm not going to hold you. I've seen a lot of bad ones. Remember Rex Grossman? Rex Grossman for the Bears, he was trash, right? Got to a Super Bowl, though. You can't say nothing about that. But this kid, there's a level of bad. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And he surpassed that to me. I don't think at this point, Zach Wilson is an NFL quarterback. Hold yourself. You have to stop. I don't think so. Remember homeboy, uh, everyone was tearing down as well, uh, Gino? Yes. Tore him down. Right, but Gino was what? Gino was 30 years old, right? He's learned. He's been in the system for all this life. I'm not saying that Zach Wilson can't figure it out at some point. He's a kid. He's a kid. kid. He can definitely figure it out at some point. Mm -hmm. But for right now, he's not an NFL quarterback. And for right now... He's going to have to get up out of New York. He's going to have to get up out of New York. Because the problem that the Jets had, right, and I never understood this when they did it. We all know that Trevor Lawrence was the head over heels number one pick. He was the best, right? You had Justin Fields. You had Trey Lance. You had Mac Jones. You had all these other quarterbacks that were in this hodgepodge, right? But the Jets was like, oh, nah, we, we got our guy. We don't want no Trey Lance. We don't care about Mac Jones. We don't even want Justin Fields. We don't care. We want Zach Wilson. Did you see him at his pro day? He threw the underhand 85-yard pass. We want that. Look, me, little old me, right? Got my little show. I was telling everybody that can listen, listen. You don't want that kid because, first off, he's small. Second of all, he looks like He's always scared. He looks terrified all the time, right? Three, he went to BYU. The only stiff competition that they play is Utah. That matters for a quarterback because if they're not playing in a tough conference, getting tested year in and year out, you don't really know what they are. And the only time that he actually looked good is when he played bad teams in college. When he played Coastal Carolina, the Utahs, he would struggle. I said, that matters. That right there matters. Interceptions don't matter in college for kids because you can be able to learn and read defenses faster. You can be able to get those yips out. But if you don't have the mental capacity or the calmness to be able to play the position when things are rough mm-hmm. that's what you grade that's what you have to vet and adjust and do that this kid does not look like somebody that understands defensive concepts i'll give you an example
They played the the, the Detroit Lions a week prior. Mm-hmm. The Detroit Lions sent the safety on a blitz, and safety destroyed Zach Wilson. Mm. Right? What do you think happens on Thursday night? Zach Wilson is looking at the defense. The safety is coming up on a blitz on his side. We're not talking about the blind side. Mm-hmm. So he sees him, still doesn't understand that the blitz is coming for him. What happens? He gets destroyed by the safety. That just tells me that you're not seeing. Mm. You're not reading what's in front of you, right. which means that you're not processing NFL defenses, which means that you're not grasping what it is to be a quarterback. That's a problem because when your defense is playing over their skis and they busting their ass and the Jets have one of the best defenses in football, it's frustrating to know that you got this little idiot out here that can't throw the football. You understand what I'm saying? Because once they took him out, when the game was pretty much out of reach and they put in the kid, uh, Strievler, the defense, everybody prepped up. Everybody started to play with a little bit of, of, of poise and excitement. That tells you everything you got to know. That when a backup quarterback can get the team hyped, hmm. that when Mike White, when he was playing, they had shirts made for him, teammates had shirts made for him, that just shows you that they don't want Zach Wilson. So as an organization, you know, you're going to have Robert Sala, the coach, say, all types of wild stuff and say, hey, you know, I believe that he's going to be back. We're going to, this is the last, we, this is not the last we've seen of Zach Wilson. Yeah, you, I know you got to tell me that. I know that's all, that's all press conference talk. But we all know that when the season ends and they sit down and they start looking at tape, Robert Sala going to go into that office and I'll just reenact what's going to happen. You, you be, you know, Joe Douglas. I'm going to be the coach. We got to get rid of him. That's all I'm going to say. That's it. I Listen, if you want me to coach here, you got to get rid of that kid. Because it, he, he, he cannot be here. He may be a successful quarterback somewhere down the line. Maybe in, you know, Carolina or one of those bad teams, right? Put him in Detroit or something like that. He'll be able to figure it out. But when, when New York fans and the New York media turns on you, it's very hard for you to get back. And be and overcome that. Like Eli did it because he won a Super Bowl, right? But Eli was getting trashed before that, but Eli had the temperament. This kid doesn't. You know what I'm saying? And I feel bad for him, but at the same time, I don't because he's a little cocky, you know what? And he has to he has to get better. He has to fix himself. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm just listening to you talk about it. Is he that cocky? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you can tell when it's oozing out of you. Like, you don't even have to say anything. Mm. Maybe I need but to watch it's a, it's a, it's just the way he carries himself. You understand what I'm saying, Bank? Like, you see it. The, the press conference said it all. Well, the press conference that he had a few weeks ago when he got benched, you know, they, the, the, the reporters asked him, you know, the defense played so well. Do you feel like, as an offense, you let the defense down? He's just like, no. Mind you, they were trash. That's quarterback saying that. So if yeah. you say that, 
you must think that you are untouchable to the point where yeah, they're not going to bench me. I can say what I want. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mike, wait. Suit up. Exactly. Mike, wait. Mike. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I've been I've been on that all season, but you know, I I don't want I don't want to be the guy to say he's not gonna be able to figure it out. He's like you said, Serge, he's too young to write him off. But I think the Jets and Zach Wilson need to separate and they need to go their separate ways and he mm-hmm. needs to go somewhere where he can develop without pressure because when you're the number two pick in the in the league, oh, he's the number two. Yeah, pick. Yeah, yeah. Overall, like that's the pressure. This the, the only reason why he's still getting played is because he's the two. number two pick, and they got money invested into him. Yeah, you know, you benching a kid and you giving up on a number two pick as a franchise, sure you're true. admitting loss. Yeah, you're admitting that your front office got it wrong. Mm-hmm. No front office wants to admit that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it makes you look incompetent. And for them to be able to have two straight number two pick quarterbacks flame out, that looks bad on the organization. Yeah. It does. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my, yeah, my I, I feel for them, but at the end of the day, you a grown-ass man, and you in New York, <laughs> in and New that's York. what comes with it. You're in New York. Right. That's, that's the key. You should have you reached out to, you should have, you know, called Eli Manning and said, look, bro, h- how, how do we do this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, because as a quarterback... They always tell you as a quarterback, you always talk up your teammates, and everything is your fault. That's the way they, that's the way quarterbacks right. are born. Yeah, everything is your fault. You talk up your teammates. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I I I feel for him, but then I don't feel for him. I don't care. <laughs> I, I'm not a Jets fan anymore. I turned my card in six years ago. I don't care. <laughs> I am I am a turncoat. Everybody knows that, right? I'm not going back. I'm just saying, I, I left for certain reasons. It's like when you're in a bad marriage, right? You're in a bad marriage and you, you don't feel like you should stay. You're going to leave. Right. You know what I mean? I left. I had to protect myself and protect my, my, my mental health. Okay? Being a Jets fan, I had to leave. I had to leave and be a Cowboys fan. That's what I did. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Cowboys. Yeah. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about my poor Dallas Cowboys. We'll talk about them. And we have some my bookie picket wick stuff after the break. Yo, this is Cigar Jensen Gals. I want to give a shout out to my boy Barry for all even podcast. Keep doing your thing, bro. Killing it. Welcome back, y'all. So, Serge, I got to talk about my Dallas Cowboys. Damn. <laughs> Before I do that, I, I, I need to gather my thoughts. Because I went through ebb and flow of emotion on Sunday. Um, they were up 27 to 10. And, you know, at that point, you know, I'm high-fiving my five-year-old. I'm enjoying conversations with my girlfriend, texting people, <laughs> you know, checking red zone. You're not even paying attention to the game no more. You over here looking at your fantasy app and see what you're doing. You're not even really paying attention to shit, right? Then you check the game and twenty seven to seventeen, and you're like, "All right, you know they got a score. That's cool. You're not gonna shut them out." And then I see Dak Prescott throw to no one, <laughs> interception in his own 
area, right? In his own territory. They get field goal, they get field position, they score 27-24. And I'm just like, why must it be so hard to be a Cowboys fan at times? And I know why. I know too. I know why. People are going to have their own answers, right? I'm sure you're going to have your own mm-hmm, answers, sir. Mm-hmm. What's your answer? Why is it so hard? Because you keep getting bust for quarterbacks. <laughs> Thank you. Really My man good. hit the nail on the head, right? I, I'm sorry. I, people can go ahead and be Dak apologists. I know a whole bunch of them in my life. They will talk about fourth and fifth level stats about why he's good. And I'm, I'm old school. My eyes tell me what I need to know. <laughs> if I'm on a court and I see that you trash, back in the day we used to call, we used to use this word, and it was very insulting to a basketball player. But they knew what it meant. You decent. <laughs> when you heard that, that was like somebody calling you rubbish. Right? Yeah, you decent. That's offensive. <laughs> Dak Prescott is decent as a quarterback. Okay. Decent. Right. He ain't bad and he ain't good. So was Tony Romo. Facts. And I'll give Romo a little higher grade than him. What? I would. Romo has Romo Romo thinks the game better than Dak does. Dak to me throws some wild passes that don't make no sense. And you can be able to debate the last play in overtime. Third and four, blitz is coming. He has quick, you know, he has the 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 hurry feet. Throws it to Noah Brown. Noah Brown claps it in his hands. It bounces off him. Interception to the house, right? But my thing is the people that say that, oh well, it wasn't a bad throw. Okay, Noah Brown had his hands on it, right? But I like to think about scenario. Mm-hmm. We grew up in the hood, Serge, right? You understand that. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Though you with a group of guys, and the group of guys are saying to themselves, yo, we want to go, we want to go catch this lick at the store. <laughs> right? <laughs> There's an option that you have. You can either go with the boys and whatever they're going to do, either you do it or not, you're going to be affiliated with that. It's a, it's a thought process. It's a step because you know what's going to happen if you decide to go that way, right? Mm-hmm. Or you can go the other way Correct. and not go with them. I bring that up because Dak Prescott threw a football in enemy territory to Noah Brown when there were three Jaguars around him. Now, excuse me, the way I look at things is that if Noah Brown catches the ball, great. You have a first down, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if Noah Brown doesn't catch that ball and it gets off his hand 
it bounces off something. The, the throw was just a little off. Right. You have three Jaguars around there. So what you think is going to happen? It's going to get picked off. It's a high probability that that, pick is, that, that pass is going the other way. Right. So why throw it in the first place? IQ matters. So that's why for me, Dallas Cowboys this weekend going against the Eagles, I don't care if Jalen Hurts ain't playing. They got Gardner Minshew in there. I got the Cowboys losing. <laughs> They're they going to lose. I got no more faith in Cowboys. I don't want to hear nothing about them being Super Bowl contenders. I don't want to hear nothing about Micah Parsons being a defense. I don't want to hear nothing. I want to hear nothing. Because every season they do this to me. Mm-hmm. We get hyped. Cowboy fans feel good about themselves. And then people start embarrassing us later. I, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. So what are your thoughts about the Cowboys? Like you said, trash quarterback. Do you think they got a shot? Ah. Uh. Tell you the truth, I'm not even a Cowboy fan. Why should you be? <laughs> that, you, see, you see how miserable I am right now? Yeah, yeah, why should you be? But I don't I don't think they uh they always disappoint me. That's yeah. why that's why I don't put a lot of stake in them, man. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Just, yeah. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, just It's fine. I don't I don't blame you. He's a 49ers fan, so of course he's reveling in this. You know, yeah, Mr. Pretty, Bank. They're pretty uh pretty good. Yeah, they're all right. <laughs> Yeah, all right. I'd rather have Brock Purdy than Dak Prescott. I'll tell you that right now. I'd rather that Brock, Brock Purdy looks like a quarterback. Did he sign his contract? Yeah, he's a, he's a was he a seven-round pick? No, Dak, Dak. Oh, yeah, Dak got paid. He got paid? He got paid a couple seasons ago. He making $40-plus million. Is Trash. He, is he really? Yeah. Uh, Trash. Gabish. And, and, and is somebody, most people are going to say, Dak's a good person. He's, his story's great. I'm not talking about the man's story. He has a great story. Sad story. Overcome a lot of stuff. I just want to talk about what he does on the field. Right. That's all I care about. Like, every time you, you criticize somebody for their play, they always think that it's about personal. I don't care about personal. Yeah. I don't know the man. All I see is on Sunday, he looks like hot garbage. <laughs> That's all I see. So that's what I'm speaking about. Yeah, right? I got you. That's all. I understand. You know what I mean? If, if if you was playing like 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 Tom Brady out there, I'd give you praise. I ain't got no reason to hate Dak Prescott. I want him to do well. But if he's rubbish, I got to call it like I said. Rubbish. He's decent. That's what he is. He's yeah, decent. He's decent. He's decent. Moving on. Moving on. The NFL has partnered with YouTube. Um and they have an agreement in place where they're going to start streaming the NFL Sunday ticket on YouTube. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. For people like me that have never owned NFL ticket in my life because I never had no Dish Network or whatever, Dish TV, what is it, Dish TV? Bank, what is it, what's it called? Dish Network? Yeah, never had no Dish Network growing up. But we had that type of luxury. You know what I mean? We ain't had that type of luxury for somebody to jump on the roof and put a satellite up there. <laughs> we didn't know that. Yeah. I remember when I f- first seen solar panels for the first time. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. Like people, people, people got windows on it on it on it. Like, what, what are we doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Skylights, the, the whole roof is skylight. It's crazy. <laughs> so <laughs> panoramic, <laughs> panoramic skylight. That's that's what we doing. You know what I mean? You knew what I was talking about, Sir. You know what I mean? Like you see that. Listen, I remember <laughs> I remember driving past 
you know, the rich areas, right? And I would always say to myself, when I get rich, I just want a trampoline so my kids can bounce on it because all the, all the rich white people had it. They had they had trampolines in the back. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I wanted. So when, when I had a, when I got when my son got here, I put a trampoline right upstairs in the living room, right upstairs in the living room because I wanted to feel like how them them rich white people felt. Felt good. Mm-hmm. Felt good to see a kid just just bouncing up there with no no rhyme or reason. He's just bouncing. You know what I mean? So moving on, um, this is a good thing for the NFL. Great thing for the NFL. Great thing for YouTube. Everybody's on YouTube nowadays. So the fact that you can be able to access mm-hmm. NFL Sunday ticket with that, I think it's a it's a great step for the NFL. Roger Goodell is always really good with these deals, and uh, he, you know he struck it rich. I, I believe that they were trying to get a deal with Apple TV first, but I think Apple TV streaming platform, whatever they were trying to work out, I think the deal broke. You know it it uh it didn't break through so. You know, he just pivoted and went to YouTube, and that, that's a smart move, man. It really is a smart move. I think more people, more organizations, more leagues are going to start doing that because why not? you got so many billions of people that watch YouTube daily, right? Yeah. Like, why not try to get your services through there? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If, if I was a, a movie studio, I'd be trying to get a YouTube deal right now. Yeah. I would. Because you have so many eyes on your product. So, you know, yeah. what, what, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, regardless of whether it's Apple or YouTube TV, I think that was a genius move. Yeah. Um, I, I have YouTube TV, and I, I love it. Right. Love it. But for the NFL, I think that's a genius move to, to be able to have that platform. Yeah. Um, and Goodell has done it. Believe it or not, he's... He's done a pretty decent decent job as it relates to marketing the NFL. hundred percent. Um, as far as other areas, he might have dropped the ball, but that's not my. <laughs> they don't pay me enough for that. But, Facts. Um, the worst. Yeah. I get him. I get him. you. Don't, you don't have to do. I get him. <laughs> I'll talk about him. But he's the. But uh, to 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 make that YouTube move, yeah. regardless, uh, I think that's a very solid and strategic move. Absolutely, I hundred percent agree. Um. In other news, <laughs> in other news, Jets, we're back on the Jets now. This is funny. Jets suspend their wide receiver coach, Miles Austin. Heard about this bank? No. For violating their gambling policy. Uh. So Miles Austin was out there on my bookie betting on games. <laughs> You know what I mean? All he had to do, listen, all he had to do was talk to me. I'd have hooked him up. I'd have told him what games to bet on. And I'd have told him, listen, keep it on the wraps because the NFL watching you. You know, let somebody, you know, let somebody else hold the phone and and let them do it. You don't get caught doing it. On the sideline? Yeah. something. I don't even know if it was on the sideline. But if he was on the sideline doing it, he he might might not be the smartest man. Wow. You know what I mean? But, you know, that's a perfect segue, isn't it? The fact that the man got caught gambling, I'm sure he was using, you know what? No, no, no. I'll take it back. I'll take it back. He must have got caught because he was using some other app. Because I know anybody that's using my book, he wouldn't get caught. I mean, they got certain, certain protocols and procedures to be able to protect you anonymously so there can't be no 
you know, no money line getting traced back to you. There's no, there's no evidence being traced back to you using my bookie because I use it, right? And nobody knows I'll be on it. Nobody knows I'll be on it, right? I could be able to do what I want, be, be <laughs> bet all my money, bet my, my mortgage away, and nobody would know. Nobody would know because I love my bookie. It's better than any app out there. Listen, we're, we're, we're dealing with, you know, we have, it's Christmas time, 12 days of giveaways, and you can't miss this type of promotion, right? Right. So now through January 1st, you can bring in the new year, right? With giveaways, use my promo code, even first deposit to redeem a bonus up to $200. So as soon as you sign up, as soon as you sign up, bang, $200. Why wouldn't you take it? That's free. That's money. Yeah. I don't understand how people just don't understand. Listen, you, even if you don't gamble, just take the $200. And maybe you hit, maybe you hit a, a, a nice bet, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Nicole's on it, and if she's not on it, we are gonna have problems. Um, Serge, are you on it? No, I'm not. You need to get on it, okay? You need to get on my bookie. And the reason why my my intern is not here is that I assaulted him. I don't want to have to do that to my friends. <laughs> I, listen, I, I I am trying to seek some help for that because I I take it personal when people don't sign up with my bookie. So listen. Use my promo code even. Yeah. You'll be able to get that 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 bonus up to two hundred dollars. There's it's it's free money. Sure I like I to do, do home run sure bets. I'm not sure I can do it, man. Oh yeah, you know you're you're right. I don't want to get my man in trouble. The, the, the worry what I said. Yeah. Serge is fine. He is he, he's out <laughs> of the loop. Don't worry about a hostage. He's not doing it. I got him covered. But the rest of y'all. Make sure you sign up with my bookie. All right? <laughs> Bet anything, anytime, anywhere yeah. with my bookie. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, pick of the week. Bank, I already know who you got, so I don't even have to look your way. You can just tell me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ah. That, that's not even a I can't even call that a bet we all know what's gonna happen they're gonna beat the hell out of them can you take a prop bet at least huh can you can you take a prop bet oh, oh, oh. Serge over here breaking up the studio yeah my bad alright so you got the Niners alright cool that's fine that's fine I'll, I'll let you take that bet now Serge I always ask my guests I'm, I'm not just, just, no, it's not a it's not a bet. Just who do you think is gonna win? I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a game, an interesting game. Cause I know you 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 are you are pretty restricted. Like I said, Hosh, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about that. He's good. Um Vikings and Giants. Vikings Ooh. are eleven and three. Vikings Giants are, are eight and five. Vikings are at home. Vikings are pretty darn good. Who who do you who do you got in that game? Gotta go with the purple. You going to you going with purple, you going with the Vikings. Okay. That's not bad. I think I think that's going to be a decent game. What, uh, you, what do you got? I got the Giants in that game. Honestly, I think the Giants' defense is going to be able to give Kirk Cousins some fits. Um, 
I just they're don't know if, if Minnesota. Yeah, they're in Minnesota, so probably below you know, s- below zero. But they're in a dome, ain't they? Yeah, yeah, they're in a dome. Yeah, cold. so that not, that still, that's not gonna matter. It's still cold. It's, it's still cold. <laughs> Definitely still cold. Yeah, so yeah, I, I think the Giants can pull this one out, but it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a shootout. But my you know I always go for the home run bet. Last two weeks haven't worked out so well for me. Uh, listen, I I had picked Tom Brady against the 49ers, and the 49ers obliterated him. I didn't say I didn't see that coming. The right guys. Didn't see that coming. I did. I know you did. Okay. <laughs> then I bet the Bears to beat the Eagles last week. I was very close. I was very close. So my pick of the week. My pick of the week. Let me see. I want a good one. Because I take care of my people. I make sure that I take care of my people. Okay, I got it here. Pick of the week. <laughs> I got the Green Bay Packers. Oh. Beating the Dolphins. Uh. On the road. In Miami. Mm. Miami is minus three and a half. They got the advantage at home, obviously. But I got my man Aaron Rodgers. He's going to do some ayahuasca. He's going to get it done. He's going to make sure he's good. Okay? He's going to take his hallucinogens, and he's going to get the Packers. <laughs> he's going to get the Packers good. So if you want to have a nice home run bet, you take this bet plus three and a half. Plus three and a half, I got plus the Packers winning. Plus three and a half, I got the Packers winning. Uh-huh. I got the Packers winning. I don't care. I'm about Listen, I'm about taking chances. Okay? It's about taking chances, Nicole. It's not about these safe bets that these guys like to make. Bank likes to make these safe bets because he's a 49ers fan. Pick the Niners. Yeah, pick the Niners to win. You don't even, there's no prop bet. There's no challenge there. I want the home run bet. I'm a Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds type of guy. I want the home run because if you put down big money, you're going to get big money if you win this bet. That's, that's what I'm talking about. That's true. That's what, that's what I'm about. I'm not about you getting a little $200 here. No, no, no. I want you to get two grand. That's the type of bets I want you to make. Put in big, lose big. That's right. I'll put my mortgage on it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. But I'm certain that the Packers going to win this game plus, plus three and a half. All right? Bet anywhere, anything, anytime. All right. With my bookie. All right. That was good. I know, I know she liked that. I know she liked that. It was a nice segue. How I put in the Miles Austin thing. It was good. That's why I'm good. Okay? That's why I'm good. Uh, moving on. Moving on. I saw a report. That was very interesting about DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine not getting along. And it's causing a rift with the Chicago Bulls lineup. Now, you speak to this because you're a coach. How bad is it when your two top stars are not seeing eye to eye, not only off the court, because that matters as well in regards to chemistry, but when you can see it physically on the court, how do you navigate that? How how can you be able to get them to buy in? How you get the role players to buy in if your top dogs are doing that? 
That's a very, very good question. But I don't know. In the NBA, it's a, it's a totally different, different dynamic. Ball, different yeah, dynamic, different ball game. Like I'm pretty sure, you know, um, I'm pretty sure they're not bad people. Uh, Zach and um, Demar, but the ball, like the way the the way the NBA is, the ball is um, <laughs> you get you play, you're the man by your pay scale. Right. So, I don't know who gets paid more. Not not that I care, but like, uh, if it, if it's not working out, it's it's because both of them are probably uh, they're both hard headed in their own regard. Alpha males. Alpha males, and that's it's not gonna happen. Um, like I mean, the dynamic with the uh, like the Golden State Warriors worked out for so long because Steph, you could call Steph an alpha if you want, but like. Being an alpha, you got to be willing to, to follow as well. Right. And he and, does that. And he does that. So, going back to DeMar and, and Zach, I don't think neither of them are willing to yeah. follow. And I think, you know, I think Zach is a strong personality. I think DeMar, DeMar is more, I think he's more malleable in regards to a team concept because he's been there. He's been in Toronto. He's been in San Antonio and saw how that structure works right. in regards to team. Zach Levine, you know, it's always been a one-man show for him. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, his talent, his his dunking ability, you know, the fact that he was able to um, transition and become a great scorer as well as a good knockdown shooter. Right. You know, he's, he's, he's more singular focused. And... You know, for Billy Donovan, it, it's it's a challenge. It really is a tough challenge for him, and I I, I don't envy him. I don't envy right. him to to be able to try to galvanize that team, especially when you have role players and young players that look up to guys like this, and seeing how how they move. Mm-hmm. You know, that creates bad habits. Right. That creates bad habits for your young players yeah. because you know what what are they teach? You know what are they being taught? It's like, right. Okay, I gotta go get mine like them. Rather than buying into the team concept, so um, I think I think at some point they they might have to choose between who they want, and obviously you're gonna go with the younger guy anyway. So, but what I'm hearing is that Levine and the management are not seeing eye to eye as well. Yeah. So not only is he bumping heads with maybe you know Donovan, DeRozan, but the front office as well, and with a talent like that, you know. He'll be. Uh, he he's not going anywhere. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. I think if anything, uh, Demar would be expendable. Cause right. He's. Uh, I'm pretty sure they got him on a on a decline and an inspiring, almost an inspiring contract. Yeah, because he has too. signed that contract. Yeah. Uh, so he's off the books in about another year or two anyway. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think he's gone. But Demar's. Uh, he needs the ball. Though. Yes. Demar's like. Tech, in theory, like not in theory, but more realistically, like his game is a lot of mid range. Doesn't really translate to what the NBA is now. Right. A lot of ISO. It's really not translating. I think he's gonna get traded. Yeah. I yeah. Think they're just gonna get him off the books for an expiring contract. Or I ain't gonna lie. I, I I would love him on the Lakers. I would. Well, he's from there, right? Yeah, he's from Compton. He's from Compton. It's always uh. Levine's from LA. Levine's from Los Angeles. Too. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I coached him. Did you? Yeah. When he was at uh, 
the Reebok class, Reebok All-American camp when he was in uh, junior in high school. Did you see the talent back then? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, he had that. He had like a 40-something, like a 46-inch vert in high school. That's crazy. Like, he was off the charts. He floats, bro. Yeah. He floats. The talent is oozing. He just couldn't shoot. Yeah. But now yeah. now he's getting a little bit older. He's, what, 20? Yeah, he's... he's no, no, he's way older than that now. Older yeah, now. he's... he's He's closer to, closer to thirty than, than the other way. I think he might be, maybe twenty seven. It took him a while to, to get yeah, him, but yeah. he was he always had that talent, right? Um, and now he's just maturing a little bit. Yeah, now nah, he's 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 talented, man. The the problem that he faces, um, getting older, is the injury bug. You know, right. he, he's been hurt a lot, and, you know, we've seen with other players that. Some players get bad luck, and some some players just have bad genetics. You know, there's nothing really that you can do with that. If your if your ligaments and your joints are susceptible to injury, yeah. soft tissue injuries, there's nothing. There's no workouts you can do for that. So you know what I mean? Control. How do you control? So yeah. you know, for him, you know, I, I really want to see how he ends up progressing at the later stages of his career because, you know, if he continues to be all off injured, it's going to be an issue. Yeah, and a big exactly. contract like that, it's it's gonna be an albatross and a and a handicap for any team going forward. So nah, for right totally now, agree. he's good, but le, you know, let's see if he can be able to kind of you know get rid of that injury, bro. Yeah, but. man, I, I I actually like his game. Yeah, man, but I just want to give a shout out to my man Markel Fultz, man. I mean, a lot of people ride him out, but I, I still think he's pretty darn good. No, nah, he's a bad boy. He's a bad boy. <laughs> he's pretty darn he's good. He's a bad boy. Man. Coming up after the break, I want to talk about the Phoenix Suns being sold. And I got a serious take about the NBA of what I'm seeing. It's not just the NBA. It's just, it's in sports period that I I don't like after the break. He has changed the game. Whether you like it or not, he's changed it. He's impacted the game in some fashion or form. I'm going to find a ball missing for you to go to. <laughs> and you're going you to turn that motherfucker out. <laughs> yeah, all the gals watching. <laughs> Grab him if you got him. If you got him. <laughs> all the gals watching. Minus, minus six. And I would like to formally welcome you to. Welcome. And welcome. And welcome. To the grid. To the grid. To the grid. To the grid. Welcome to the grid. And welcome, welcome to, to the, the grid. grid. Welcome to the grid. Welcome back, y'all. And before we went to break, I was talking about how I don't like what I'm seeing in sports um, in regards to ownership, in regards to the transfer of ownership in the NBA. Hmm. Um, Robert Sarver had to give up the, the Suns because of all the rumors and reports that we, we had come out of his bad behavior and, you know, N word dropping a whole bunch of just outlandish stuff that he was a part of. And he was forced to sell the team. Uh, Matt Ishiba bought the team, uh, bought it for $4 billion. 
Matt Ashiba was a walk-on at Michigan State, uh, national champion there, um, and you know built built a good life for himself, and now he's the new owner of the Phoenix Suns. Shouts to him. This has nothing to do with him. This has, this has everything to do with the process. Um, if an NBA player or an athlete gets caught and they go to prison or their alleged domestic violence, something of that nature, management is quick to jump in and try to void a player's contract. I don't understand how there's a double standard in the in, in sports where an owner cannot behave themselves, say some outlandish like a Don, like a you know Sterling, and now we have Sarver and there's Dan Snyder in football. There's a whole bunch of these owners that just misbehave, right? Don't run their organizations properly. They they have poor work environments, poor atmosphere. Women are stressed out there because they're getting harassed. Whatever, right? They can be able to be forced to sell their franchise. And bank. So I can misbehave. I can act a fool. I don't have to follow whatever protocols you put in here for me. And whatever I bought the team for, I'm getting paid 10 times that. So where's the punishment? I'll wait. (laughs) You can be able to Assault people, you can do all of these things as an owner. You can live on the edge and be reckless and bank. Robert Solver bought the Phoenix Suns for $400 million. He just made $4 billion. Where's the punishment? So for me, there should be the same way you can be able to have certain Language in a player's contract where if they misbehave or they get caught here, certain monies are going to get voided. An NFL owner or NBA owner or baseball owner, whoever gets caught, if you have to be forced to sell your team, you have to sell it at a loss. So whatever you sold it for, whatever you bought it for, that's what you got to sell it. So Robert Salva, he bought it for 400 million. You're going to have to sell it for 400 million. It's basically like when you're in a house and everything is good. Anything is good. You lose your job. Money's not coming in. You can't pay your mortgage no more. Government doesn't have any sympathy for you. They're going to come in and foreclose your house, right? But what happens to that foreclosed house? It goes into a foreclosure sale and they sell it for cheap because all they want is their money back. Mm. They don't care about what it sells for. They just want their recoup. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's how the NBA and that's how that's how sports should be. 
if you're an owner, you misbehave and you, this is you selling a team is a detriment. It is supposed to be a punishment. There's no way you can be able to bank like that. Thoughts. So he made four hundred. He sold it for four hundred million. No, he bought it for four hundred mil. Four hundred mil, and he sold it for four billion. <laughs> so same thing with with Don Sterling. Don Sterling bought the excuse me bought the Clippers for I don't know what it was eighty million, something like that, and Steve Ballmer bought the Clippers for two, two, two billion. So he banked for being a bad person. Yeah, that's the way of the world, brother. That don't make sense, man. For me, I'm a logical. I understand that's capitalism, yeah. but it it's not in regards to it. Not it's just not fair for players. Players can be able to have things happen and they make mistakes. They get released. They get vilified. They ain't got their bags no more. They have right. to start from scratch. An owner can be able to do the same nonsense and bank. Yeah, I mean, double standards, but... That's crazy. But, like, uh, what did he used to say? What did he used to say? Don't worry if I write rhymes or write <laughs> checks. At the end of the day, like, that's, you know... Yeah. It's still capitalism in another regard, too. Like, even though they did something, you know, as an employee or, well... As an owner. As an owner. Yeah. That doesn't stop them from capitalizing and making money. Right. So, therefore, being able to sell it for, for what, uh, whatever for, they wanted to. For whatever they want to. That's their stake that they've invested in over the culmination of the years, you know, coming into it. So, um, that's their way of buying themselves out. Yeah. And the thing is, nothing is ever going to happen. It's never going to change because... The person that runs the league is the commissioner, right? Whatever league it is, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, the commissioners work for the owners. The commissioners are hired by the owners. Correct. So there's no way the owners are going to put in that type of clause to go against themselves. Correct. It's never going to happen. I just had to vent because it just it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. In my brain, I live in a logical, practical society, but we don't live there. We don't live there. Right. So it's fine. Um, moving on. As a Laker fan, I've been through a lot of pain. <laughs> you know, I've saw, I've seen a championship in 2020, RIP Kobe Bryant. We dedicated the season to him, won the bubble championship. LeBron James uh, has been a godsend since he's been here. But, you know, he... Father time waits for no man. He's been often injured. But he's not my problem. No. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is one of the five most talented basketball players on planet Earth. There's nothing that he can't do. Nothing that he can't do. The problem is that bad luck injuries seem to find this kid. Serge, I, I, I want to get your insight about this latest injury, he has a foot injury. They just came out with the update saying that they're going to reevaluate him in 7 to 10 days. It's not as bad as they thought it was because they, they thought that it was going to be maybe a Liz Frank injury or the same injury that Chet Holmgren got 
in in the offseason and in summer league, excuse me. So if you're a franchise like the Lakers, you have so much invested in Anthony Davis. He's had some freak injuries over the last two and a half seasons. This one is another one. How confident are you in that he can stay healthy enough to help you compete? And do you think that they may have to pull the plug on him at some point? Well, you were definitely right about AD being like the top five. Yeah. Top five talent. Yeah. Um, But, you know, one thing I'll say with uh, LeBron James, he's put in – what um, almost three million into his body every year. Every year. Yep. Uh, I, uh, you know, and I, I hate questioning players, but uh, I think there's a certain level of commitment. Yeah. That you got to have, and I, I, me personally, I think the franchise has put in a lot into AD, but how much is AD putting into himself? Yeah. Because I mean, injuries are inevitable, but there's, but working out and preparing. And spending money on your body is more or less for precautionary. Yeah. So I don't. I'm not sure he's putting in that work. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. But putting in that work in the off season on himself to where he can avoid some of those tedious injuries because these tedious injuries from his previous years, they all end up being. Um, they all end up coming back to some shape or form to another area in his body because they probably didn't, he probably didn't take care of the earlier ones in his earlier stages yeah i mean that could be a possibility too but it can also be what we were talking about off camera as well about you know bad genetics right bad genetics is something that you can't help right you know what i mean like soft tissue injuries if you look at all the injury he had last year the one where he came down on the guy's foot and and his that's freak right there's nothing you could do about that right this one, he's going past Jokic and jumps off the foot. There's a little bit of a contortion with the leg, mm-hmm. and it looks like there was some type of stress fracture there, right? So, I think that's him, man. Yeah, it's just like, it's this him. is just maybe who he is. And it's like, any organization that has him, like, what do you do? Like, how do you prevent him from... You can't. It's not like you can put him on a on a minutes restriction or do what the Clippers are doing with Kawhi and keeping his, his games down. It can happen at any point. At any point. Right? So yeah. it's like, it, it's unfortunate that this is what's going on with this guy, but it is what it is with him at this point. It, it, it's He's super talented when he's healthy, when he's on top of his game. There's not three players that are better in the world. But how often are you going to see that? How consistent is that going to be? And for LeBron James, that's not something that you can really sign up for. But he's in this situation where there's not much that he can really do. No, no. I just, I, like I said, I think um, I don't think AD's putting in. Just looking at it, he's not investing in his own body as much as he needs to. Yeah. And I think he, if he wants to change that narrative, he needs to. Take a page out of LeBron James's book and and do some investing into his body because he's 
he's a, he's built like a, he's he's got a nice body. He's got a nice frame, but I don't think he's durable because of the way he's probably eating and or the way he's probably taking care of his body. In other news, the Mets. Mets are spending like wildfire, y'all. I love it. I've never been a part of this. I've never been a part of my team being able to spend like a professional baseball team. They feel like the Yankees now. <laughs> and the Yankees feel like us. I love it. I had Yankee fans call me and be like, yo, I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. I'm jealous. The fact that y'all spent half a billy, more than half a billy on a team? Come on, son. And it got better over the week. Carlos Correa, who is the one of the best shortstops in the game, uh, he was on his way to San Francisco. You know, we had made a last-ditch effort to sign him at the 11th hour, but he ended up going with San Francisco. I went to bed, what's this, Friday, Wednesday. Wednesday I went to bed and woke up. Something told me to check my phone. Three o'clock in the morning I check my phone. And I see breaking news. Carlos Correa signs deal with the New York Mets. Again, I'm a practical, logical person. I went to sleep in whatever metaverse I went to sleep in. Right? Woke up. In a whole different metaverse. Whole different universe. Mets? What did, how did this happen? Right? So I'm tweeting away, bro. I, I, went to, I didn't go to sleep. I was up from 3 a.m. until the next night. So I was sleep deprived chairing for the Mets. I was. So the details was the Giants looked like they got cold feet. At the last hour, they were supposed to have a press conference. They canceled the press conference because his physical didn't look right to them. And the reason why his physical didn't look right is that they found an old injury that he had back in 2014 when he was still in the minors. He wasn't even a professional yet. And they said, hey, he had an ankle injury that we don't like. The man's never had an ankle injury or ankle problem since being in the major leagues. So an organization that's supposed to be a reputable organization, the GM says that, oh, nah, that's a problem? Got cold feet, fam. They didn't want to give him that big-ass contract, the 12- or 13-year, $350 million promise that they gave him. So what did, his, what did his agent do? Got on the phone, start calling teams, and lo and behold, who was waiting? Who was waiting? My man Stevie Cohen. He was in Hawaii on vacation with the wife. You know what I mean? Getting it in. <laughs> she was over here, you know, butt naked walking around. And he just said, let me get on a call with my GM and see what's going on. Let me check in. <clears throat> GM tells him, look, I just got a call from the agent. You know, they say that Carlos Correa might be available. So Steve Cohen says, listen, Alex, put your clothes on. I, I, I got work to do. I got work to do. You know, we... we We'll take this up later, right? So he gets into his office. He calls the agent, and they get the deal done. 12 years, $315 million to the Mets. This is beautiful. I, I don't know how to feel. As a Mets fan my whole life, we've operated 
like a small market team, they'd spend $50 million. You know why? Because the world process broke. They was broke. They ended up getting caught in a Ponzi scheme, and they was really broke after that. <laughs> Stevie Comer comes along and says, listen, man, I, I understand that y'all got money problems. I want to get this team off of you, you know? Met resistance because the other owners knew that if he bought the Mets or any team, he was going to embarrass them and spend crazy. That's why they didn't want him in here because he's the richest owner in baseball by a landslide. Mm. And his first chance or second chance at spending the bag, he said, why not? They even put in a Steve Cohen tax. Saying that the team, if they spend at this point, certain tax kicks in and there's penalties to pay. He flew by that shit. They, I think the tax was three hundred, the two hundred ninety-eight million. The 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 Mets payroll right now was almost five hundred million dollars. Love it, love it. And they were good. And we good. We were good last year. Mm-hmm. We gonna be good this year. So Stevie Cohen, you my man, definitely you my man. I I I I love what's going on. I love to see Yankee fans miserable. I enjoy it. You know, I know you don't, you probably don't follow baseball that much, Serge, but it's a beautiful time to be. A New York baseball fan right now because the Yankees are all right, Mets are all right. I follow a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, they both went to the end. They, they they will soon. You know, I would love to see a Mets Yankees World Series. Oh, that was lit. That was lit. Yeah, we only got it. We only got it once. We got it. We got it twenty two years ago. That was lit. We was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. That was so lit. Yeah. So I would love to see that again. Because. We need one. I, I've already told people the Mets win a World Series. I have bail money stashed away. <laughs> so whoever needs to get that money, there will be a letter. There will be instructions about how to go about getting me out. <laughs> because at this point, at that point, I'm going to just tell the cops. Mets won a World Series. You can't tell me nothing. There's nothing I can't do today if it's not no real violent crime. I'm not going there, but I turn a police call over. I do it. I do something. I do something because I got to celebrate. I don't care. Stevie Cohen going to put that battery in my back to do that. Funny. (laughs) Now, last segment of the show. You ready, Nicole? You ready, Mr. Bank? You ready, Serge? The greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy, yeah. I always ask every week, Serge, I, I go around the room and I ask who your dummy of the week is. Now, it doesn't have to necessarily be in sports for my people that are in the room. So I'll ask Mr. Bank, you have one this week? Because you didn't have one last week. <laughs> I mean, the, what y'all were going off of last week was like, I didn't realize we could choose anything. Yeah. So I would choose. The Grinches that you see going into people's windows and scaring the kids. <laughs> did you see that? I did not see it. Explain it to me. I did not. So basically, people dress up as the Grinch and they climb into the window of a kid. Oh, to scare the kids that's to crazy. <laughs> like, I'm like, yo, that's crazy. Yo, like, somebody get shot, bro. No, but they're traumatizing the kids. Yeah. Like, like, to the point where it's like, 
They're like pulling the gifts from under the tree. It's crazy. Yo, that's funny. I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I would dress up as the Grinch and do that. Because I hate Christmas. I would I would do that. I would do that. Would, uh, yeah. There's not there's nothing like traumatizing a little child for me. That's good. That's, funny. that's good. What about you, Nicole? Who you got? Not the Mets. She said, for the first time in our lifetime, Mets are not a laughing stock. I agree with that. I like that. Serge, have you come across any silly news over the week? Over the week. Hmm. Any outrageous outlandish? Because I have a good one. A real good one. Mm. Well, I thought it was pretty, actually pretty funny, uh, that Raiders ending the other day. Oh, man. That had me crying. Yo. I, I actually was up at Sports Center watching it, and I was yeah, like. That's definitely worthy. That right. Was, right. Was probably, I was like, man, I felt bad for the dude, but. <laughs> like, yeah, it, ridiculous. He just threw it up in the air like it was Pee Wee. Like, like what are we? Good. What are you doing, Ramondre? What are you doing? Yeah. Facts. Yeah, I know, but he took it like a G, though, and he tried to justify and explain. And, Facts. And he, he took it, but <laughs> it's pretty bad. I I have a good one, and it might be. It it might be a breaker for me. This this might make me laugh, where I might not be able to get through the segment. May I have the drum roll, please? And the winner for Dummy of the Week, that lady at the Patriots-Raiders game that was yelling at that Patriots fan. She is my... Dummy, yeah. Because, all right. I understand fans can be able to get excited. You're excited for your team. You're hyped. But what was she saying to this dude? Yo, we had a game. This was the man's first game with his father, right? His first experience. And the first time you go to a game, you got some Karen screaming in your face. I'm talking about in his face. Yeah, I saw that. And the part that bothers me is that the husband is there and he not doing nothing. I ain't gonna lie to you. Where I'm from, there's certain things, then there's certain boundaries that you just don't cross. Yep. And a lot of times... We would make the decision to say, all right, well, if the husband's over there and she's over here and she's in my face and I give her a Wayne Gretzky elbow right now, that ain't, that's not my fault. That's your fault because you should be over here in between her and me, right? Mm -hmm. Now, we didn't get that. He was just over there, honey, please, please. So we already know who wears the pants in the family, right? We already know that he's the... He's the one that bends over when they want to have a good time, right? So that that to me is just it's crazy. But you know they they made it right. I think I think the Patriots are gonna do something for the guy or something like that, and they're gonna make it whole. So I, I appreciate that, right? But what type of a Karen you gotta be to go that far? Yeah, that's wild. Like you're not tough, and you could tell that he was he was just like, baby Jesus, please. Please give me the strength to just not body slam her and throw her down these steps. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what he was saying to himself because that's what I would be saying to myself. Yeah. He saw the cameras. Look. Yeah, he saw the cameras. Like, all right, cool. If I knock this lady out, this, this is going to go from me being a victim to me being public enemy number one, right? 
Because not only is she a lady, but she's a white lady. Right? That, so that matters. That matters. That matters. But wait! If you thought it was done. Here comes a new challenger. There's somebody else that has also won Dummy of the Week. Dummy, yeah. Do you know who it is? We all seen greatness on display. We see Lionel Messi in Argentina win the World Cup. This guy is the greatest football player ever, right? Accomplished everything. Best player awards, most goals, all that crap, right? So they're celebrating and they're having a good time and being the best in the world. And who's the first person they see when they get the trophy? Salt Bay. I want to know. Who co-signed that? <laughs> How is he the first person on the field and he's touching the trophy? It's not like he's just there taking pictures. Now he got the trophy in his hand. So if y'all seen the, the, the footage, he goes up to Lionel Messi, puts his hand on his shoulder. Messi turns around and gives him the, I don't know you. You know what I mean? Like, who are you? Puts out his hand and Messi gives him a dat and walks away and he's still trying to grab and Messi looks at him like, if you don't get off me, we're going to have a problem. Who is Salt Bay? How did he, what type of pat, there's no Brady, there's no Jordan, there's no LeBron. Those, that, if, I, if I'm an athlete and I do this, the first person I want to see is another great athlete, right? Congratulate me, my teammates and all that. And it gets worse. Messi walks off. Now you got other teammates taking pictures with the trophy. One guy got his daughter in his hand. And here's Salt Bay in the middle of them with the trophy in his hand. And the, and the baby is trying to touch the trophy. He, he's playing with it. And the dude is looking at him like, if you don't keep, if you just stop messing with my kid, I'm going to hurt you. Like, how did he get the pass? But wait, it gets better. FIFA is investigating how did he get her face. <laughs> Yo, they investigate how he got in the field because they probably went to they press they press passes, and they were like, "Yo, who gave out this press pass?" We have no, there's no jurisdiction. There's no authorization for no assault, babe. We don't see him on a paper. Where is he at? Who gave it to him? I ain't seen nobody else there but Salt Bay. This important global great game. And Salt Bay is the representative to go to go meet Messi. That's what we doing. Yo. Yo, and he did it on the cup. Trophy he was doing. Yo! <laughs> Sprinkle his <laughs> Help me! Help me! Oh! Oh! Yo! Yo! Ah, okay. So, crazy Karen lady at the Raiders game in Salt Bay. Y'all are the biggest losers right now. Everybody hates y'all. 
but you're with us for Dummy of the Week. That's all for the show. Serge, I appreciate you coming through, bro. I appreciate you. You know what I mean? Come by anytime, man. Like I said, I got to stop by and see y'all play, man. I definitely going to come through. I, I, I've made I've made the pact. I made the promise. I ain't going to break it. I'm coming through this time. Coming through this time, man. Love to have you, brother. Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, Mr. Bank, you show up here. You, you, you took the place of Claude today. I appreciate it. Listen, just bad mouth him for the rest of the week. Bad mouth him for the rest of the week. Just tell him how much fun you had. Okay, I missed the 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 claw kind word of the day, you know what I mean? So you know he he he's in big hot water with me, you know, big hot water with me. Uh, Nicole and the ones and twos, the silent assassin is what I call her. Until next week, you know, next week is New Year's, y'all. It's your New Year. That's crazy. New Year's, new opportunities, new goals. Um. So until then, stay safe, stay cool, peace. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. And a happy new year. My son is the champ, so get over it. <laughs>